Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to Get Your Goat. Hope everybody had a fantastic weekend out there. But there was quite a few things that has happened over the weekend, and even today, that made me feel like today, need to do a podcast, need to get this out there. NBA Top 5, only a week left in the NBA, and a lot of big games left. Teams still have four games to play left over a six-game span. Some notable sightings in the NFL. A lot has wrapped up in the NHL. The NHL was actually supposed to have ended yesterday, but with COVID-19 impacting some teams, it has not happened yet. But we have a clear look, or a much more clear look today than last week, of what the playoff teams and matchups might be. And of course, finish off with some baseball news as well. So let's get right into it. Starting with the signing of left tackle Eric Fisher with the Colts. The Indianapolis Colts have signed left tackle Eric Fisher to a one-year deal worth up to $9.4 million. And this is a deal I love for both sides. I love uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. I give them an A-plus on getting this deal done. Why? Well, Eric Fisher, a former number one overall draft pick, in the past couple seasons to me was one of the best left tackles to protect your quarterback's blind side. He did that for Patrick Mahomes, won a Super Bowl ring in the process of doing it. And this past year, he tore his Achilles, and the uh, Kansas City Chiefs cut him. But he's a great tackle when he's on. Who knows if he'll fully recover from this injury. But if they can get 80% of what Eric Fisher was doing the past couple of years for the Chiefs, I think this will be a great deal for the Colts. Because the Colts had one of the best offensive lines last year. Pro Bowl center Ryan Kelly. All-pro guard Quinton Nelson. And then they have no scrubs either in Mark Golinski. And Braden Smith Manning, that right side. So a great offensive line. And they had a need for this because their current left tackle, Anthony Casanzo, retired this past year. So they needed a left tackle. They didn't draft any tackles either. So getting Eric Fisher was a must. Keeps this offensive line to where it was last year. Really, really good. Uh... And to me, this just helps too because Carson Wentz is your quarterback and he was under duress uh, so much the past couple seasons with the Philadelphia Eagles. They did not have a good offensive line at all. They could not stop anybody from getting to Carson Wentz. Last year in the 10-12 games played, he took 50 sacks. Uh, Terrible. Last year, the Colts only gave up 21 sacks. So he's looked looked at getting hit less, more than half of what he did last year in only 12 games. If he would have played the full slate, he could have been sacked around 70 times, uh, which is not good. 
No team wants to give that up for a quarterback. So Carson Wentz having some uh, solidity at the offensive line, some pieces and plays I think will help him help this team open up a running game, open up play action, which just helps your offense out so much. So this was just great uh, for the Colts to get this deal done. So I'm glad they got this done. I give them an A plus for getting this done. And to me with this getting done, it all now factors on Carson Wentz. They have the protection that they need. They have a running game. They have some decent wide receivers. Nothing great, nothing special. But they do have a couple of them. So it's going to be up to Carson Wentz now just to facilitate the football Show that MVP form that he has now that he's reunited with his offensive line and uh, and such. So, I'm moving on now to yet another signing. One to me that definitely does not grade up to what the Colts just did. And that is the Jacksonville Jaguars signing... Tim Tebow. Now, usually there's a position announced with this. He was always a quarterback, so it should have been quarterback Tim Tebow. But he's expected to play tight end, transferring over to tight end. Now, I don't love this deal, but I also don't hate this deal. I'm not in love with it, don't hate it, so I'll probably... Graded somewhere in you know the C plus range, depending especially on how this turns out. Tim Tebow's thirty three uh, years old. He played in the NFL for around three years. Broncos, uh, Jets, and then a backup with the Patriots. But him and Urban Meyer are obviously very close. Won two national championships with the Gators, I believe. Uh, he also won the Heisman, if not two, if I'm not wrong, with them. So he's a tight end on the team. Uh, they have plenty of tight ends, even though none of them, to me, are that good or live up to the tight end names, such as Chris Manhurts, James O'Shaughnessy. Uh, so these are, to me, blocking tight ends. It's Can Tim Tebow be a receiving a tight end? Who knows? He was just playing baseball and saying, you know, the American dream, not giving up. He's going to pursue his dreams. Obviously, baseball was not a long, true stint. His heart was always in football. And who better uh, than to schmooze Tim Tebow into getting you a deal with the Jags? And he did just that. But to me, Tim Tebow is going to be the next Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill is a kind of do-it-all kind of guy for the Saints the past few years with Drew Brees as quarterback. He would be tight end, running back, fullback, quarterback for some plays. They'd use him all over as a Swiss Army knife. But with Drew Brees gone, he wants to be a full-time quarterback. We'll see how that pans out. But to me, Tim Tebow is a Taysom Hill where he'll play tight end, he'll line up at tight end, I believe, majority of the snaps. 
but he might be in as a running back a little bit here. There's a fullback, a trick play or two. He'll be in at quarterback. And to me, that's what Tim Tebow will bring to the table. The new Taysom Hill, another Taysom Hill-esque player in the league. Because, you know, they're both young and not great at any position. Uh, Taysom Hill is 30 or 31, Tim Tebow 33 now. So it's kind of just that age where, you know, they're not great at anything offensively. But if they do maybe every position well to a certain degree, you know, then they stick around. But we'll see how this uh, lasts with uh, Tim Tebow on the Jags this one year. I don't see this interfering with Trevor Lawrence or if Trevor Lawrence is in a decline for four or five games. I don't see them switching to Tim Tebow at all uh, in terms of a quarterback change. I don't think that will be the case. Even though, of course, there would be pressure on there and... uh, from especially the media, is Tim Tebow going to come back and play quarterback? I do not think that will happen. I do not believe the Jags will slot him at quarterback or start him at quarterback, I mean. So it definitely is interesting. Interesting times down in Jacksonville. Tim Tebow is reunited with his head coach, Urban Meyer, in Jacksonville, close to where they won a team with the Florida Gators. And it's Tim Tebow's hometown. So a lot of things were like to him. Good for him. He didn't give up. Now he's back in the NFL. But the true thing is to see how beneficial this will pay off for the Jags. Jags are taking a shot on Tim Tebow. So we'll see. How this will go. Now moving out of the NFL. To the NBA. Where I'm going to give you my top. Five teams. In the NBA. Number five. The Brooklyn Nets. Why? Well. James Harden. Has been injured. So this is. A cause for a slide in the rankings. And they just won their first game in about a week after being on a four-game losing streak. They beat a very good Denver Nuggets team. Kevin Durant looked really good. Kyrie Irving, sensational as well. So if those two play how they did yesterday, none of them in a slump, they can look very good. Pairing that with James Harden, you've got to believe this is a top-five team in the NBA that will make a run for an NBA title. Remains to be seen. But Brooklyn's got to like their chances. If the three of them are around 80%. Number four. The Milwaukee Bucks. Why? Well they're rolling to five straight wins. And are one of the best offensive teams in the league. They've overtaken the Brooklyn Nets for most points. In a game, they're really solid defensively as well uh, with the best point differential in the Eastern Conference. They've really come together as of late, as I've said, on their five-game winning streak. Two of those against the Nets to kind of overtake second place. They have a game in hand, but with their remaining schedule, 
It could be the Bucks at number two. Giannis Antetokounmpo playing great. The addition of P.J. Tucker uh, working out as well. Giannis averaging a double-double, 28 points, 11 rebounds. That's what he's been doing, and it's working out so far this year for the Bucks. Number three, the Philadelphia 76ers. Why? One of the best defensive teams in the league, and they're on an eight-game winning streak, beating both lowly and good competition in a way it doesn't matter. Winning eight games is tough in a row, and they're doing that behind Joel Embiid, averaging a double-double as well. I don't believe he'll win the MVP, but he is top three candidate. Ben Simmons also playing really well. Danny Green, they've trusted the process. Now it's on to the process to deliver a chip. But they shouldn't be feared as they are the best team in the East. Number two, switcheroo from last week. The Phoenix Suns are now number two. Why? Well, they've had a lot of good wins in the past week or so, but they've also had a few head-scratching losses, especially the blowout loss uh, to the Suns. But if you put those aside, Devin Booker has been sensational. DeAndre Ayton has found his role with the team. And Chris Paul, to me, is a legitimate top two MVP candidate. He is insane. He is seems like he's passing records too. Uh, every game that he is playing in terms of assists, uh, the way he dishes out assists, uh, 10 plus with no turnovers, uh, takes care of a ball. That's exactly what the Phoenix Suns need. That's what Chris Paul is delivering. And now they have another two tough game stretch after losing to the Lakers, but it's up to them to close. And then number one is the Utah Jazz. After a week of not being at the one spot, they are back there after five straight wins. To me, basically have a lock-in at the number one overall seed. With Donovan Mitchell being out, Mike Conley, Bogdan Bogdanovich has been sensational. Rudy Gobert as well has stepped up, especially defensively. He'll probably be Defensive Player of the Year again. Uh, But with players being out, the Utah Jazz are finding ways to win, even against quality opponents uh, such as the Nuggets. And they have the best point differential in the league, scoring more points than they are letting out by almost double digits. So that's my top five teams in the NBA. The Brooklyn Nets, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Phoenix Suns, and the Utah Jazz. But what about tonight's games? Well, there's a full slate of NBA on tonight, but I'll only be picking two of those games. The first is the Wizards and the Hawks. And I believe the Atlanta Hawks will be beating the Washington Wizards tonight. In large part because Bradley Beal will not be playing tonight in the next game. And Bradley Beal has been sensational all season long, dueling for the scoring title with Stephen Curry, just having a 50-point game. But since he is not playing, uh, I see Trey Young uh, taking over this game 
and winning this game. Haven't been as good in their past stretch as they have before this season or prior to that stretch of their past 10 games or so. But playing the Wizards, I believe Washington uh, or the Atlanta Hawks want to win this game, stay at the five spot, and play the Knicks uh, other than drop and play a team such as the Nets or the Bucks. And then the other game I'm picking is the Utah Jazz and the Golden State Warriors. Uh, this is a tough one for me to decide on. I really want to pick the Jazz. But at the same time, it's in Golden State. They're closing out the rest of their games at home. And I believe the Golden State Warriors are just going to get the better of the Utah Jazz. Steph Curry lights out so far this season. He is on a tear. And I believe Steph Curry wills this team to a win behind a great uh, shooting display. Steph Curry has been amazing, entertaining. Words cannot describe how great uh, Stephen Curry has been. It was on to say, can he carry this team to the playoffs? Uh, much like other stars can do with no superstar, like the LeBron has done in the past. And I can say that he has done that. Yes, they're 35 and 33. It's no great record. But when you look at what's on that team, other than Steph Curry, uh, declining Draymond Green uh, and some of the other talent around there or lack thereof, uh, to me, he has done just enough in a very tough uh, Western Conference and tougher division as well where he has to play the likes of the Lakers, Clippers, Suns, more often than not. But Steph Curry has kept them at bay. And I believe they'll get that win tonight against the Jazz. But it's interesting because you have the play in tournament. And with a week left, there's a lot that can still happen. To me, things are shaping up more. Definitely in the East, Brooklyn has a two-spot right now. Milwaukee at the three. Milwaukee wins tonight. They move up to the two. They have a tie break. And to me, that's a big one to have because you are looking at playing a winner of a play-in, whereas right now that three seed would have to play the six seed right now. It's the Miami Heat. They just beat the Celtics. So they're on track for a top six seed, whether it be five or the six. And if you're the Bucks, you don't want no part of the Heat after what happened last year. Uh, this is a streaky team. You don't want to face them. So Milwaukee definitely wants to move up and secure the two seed and force the Nets to play the Heat. But then you have Boston and Charlotte, which would be tough uh, for Milwaukee, but I think they can get through it. And then you'd have a Washington-Indianapolis possibility. And I believe Philadelphia would roll with any of those teams, whether it be Boston, Charlotte, Washington, or Indiana. Philadelphia has been the more complete team. But this play-in is interesting uh, with big games left. As I said, the Heat just beat the Celtics. But they have a rematch tomorrow night 
Still played the Knicks as well. Knicks finish out against the Lakers, uh, Spurs. So they could really lock in uh, that fourth seed and even clinch a playoff spot with a win tomorrow against the Lakers. Or at least clinch, even if they were to lose out, be clinched a spot in the play-in. And then the West, it's a little bit muddier. Yes, five teams have clinched. Uh, Utah, Phoenix, Clippers, Denver, and Dallas Mavericks. Uh, but you'll have Portland or Los Angeles Lakers right there behind them. And when I said you have the Lakers playing the Knicks, you know, the Rockets, Pacers, Pelicans. Pelicans are a game and a half back from the Spurs from getting in, uh, which to me would make this play in even greater. If you had the likes of Steph Curry, John Morant, Zion Williamson with LeBron or AD in the seventh, or if not, it'd still be Damian Lillard. So this play in will be very exciting to determine who Utah plays, who Phoenix plays, and the two for seven. See if there's any shift with the five and six. Can the Lakers get back up any higher? Will they avoid the play in? Anthony Davis says it's a fun challenge after carrying his team to a win against the Suns yesterday, which was very surprising. But it is a challenge to secure a playoff spot and avoid kind of that wild card play-in game. Whether it be the Clippers or not, or whether we play the Suns, depending on what the Nuggets do or if the Clippers lose, there's a lot of scenarios that can still happen with just a week left. Nothing is really still clear in the NBA. Now, moving on to the NHL. Yesterday, as I said, it was supposed to be the last day of the NHL, but with COVID-19 impacting multiple teams, there is still another day and potentially a week in the NHL regular season. So, what's happening? Well, the Central Division is locked. At least two teams already know their spots. Carolina is locked into the number one spot. The Hurricanes and then the National Predators are locked into the four spot. So, they'll already be playing each other in the first round of the playoffs. And this was their final matchup of a regular season. The Predators beat the Hurricanes on Saturday to get into the playoffs. Hurricanes play the Predators again tonight in their final regular season game. Uh, is a mini preview uh, to their playoff matchup. And then Florida Panthers are at two. And they play against the Tampa Bay Lightning who are at three. Those are locked in as well. The only thing is who has home ice advantage at least for that first round. All the Panthers have to do is get one point tonight. Uh, whether winning or losing an overtime or a shootout. And they clinch that second spot. If a Lightning uh, win tonight in regulation, then the Panthers will be the three spot. But the Panthers have looked good against the Lightning, and they did in that previous game. So again, it's just another tune-up, a team they will see in the first round of the playoffs. The East Division, my Pittsburgh Penguins have clinched the East. I was so happy 
about that. The first time they've been East Division champions since 2014. Uh, don't look back at what the Pittsburgh Penguins did that year. I believe uh, they were up 3-1 to one on the New York Rangers, and the Rangers came back and beat them 4-3 in the first round. So that was not good, but I believe this Pittsburgh Penguin team is different. Tristan Jari has been stepping up lately in goal. And Jeff Carter on the offensive line, the first line as well. This Pittsburgh Penguins team is very dangerous, very reminiscent to me of those 16 and 17 teams which won the Stanley Cup. So I'm happy about that, happy they won the division and at least avoid Washington in the first round and possibly could avoid Boston as well. So you have Pittsburgh locked in at one. You have the Capitals locked in at two. Now it's just a battle for third and fourth place between the Boston Bruins and the New York Islanders. And guess what? They play tonight, which will be a huge game. I'm a Penguins fan, so I want to play the Islanders because I was 6-2 and two against them this year. Six wins to two losses. And against the Bruins, I only had three wins, three wins, four losses, and then a loss in an overtime as well. So you could say three and five. So I would rather face the Islanders. All Boston has to do is, I think, get a point tonight. So losing overtime, that's all they need. And then they have another game against the Capitals tomorrow. Pittsburgh Penguins are done. The Capitals play the Bruins tomorrow. Boston plays Islanders tonight, Capitals tomorrow. And Islanders play the Bruins tonight. So it's just a battle to see who's the third and fourth seed. See who those top two teams are playing which will be answered in more clarity tonight. In the North Division, this is the only division left where there needs to be a playoff spot clinched. Toronto has locked up the division, the Maple Leafs. Edmonton Oilers have locked up the two spot, and the Winnipeg Jets are sitting there at three, clinching a divisional spot. But who will get that four seed? Will it be the Montreal Canadiens, the Calgary Flames, or the Vancouver Canucks? My money's on the Canadiens. They only have two games left, and they just need a point in one of their final two games to clinch. They have two hard games remaining against the Oilers, but with the Oilers, Oilers locked into the two, who will even know if they keep on playing Everybody, if they're still at 100%, Calgary would need Montreal to lose out. They would need to win out. Same with Vancouver. They would need to win out, and they would need Montreal and Calgary uh, to not win their respective games as well. But if Montreal wins, gets their points uh, tonight, then the playoffs will start sooner than if those teams lose and this gets delayed, but my money's on Montreal. To me, no matter who wins, I think Toronto is back in the very beginning of the season form where they looked really good and are the best in the North, and I could see them beating any one of those teams, Montreal, Calgary, Vancouver, where you have a very great matchup in Edmonton and Winnipeg. To me, Edmonton, even though they've been uh, there before, they don't have as much playoff experience as the Jets. Uh, you have the veterans uh, Shy Flay and Kyle Connor and Hellebuck, if he's playing well, uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl are scoring machines, but the playoffs are a different story, and we saw that last year 
and mere surprising exit to the Chicago Blackhawks. And then in the West, Vegas is looking up to clinch the division in the number one seed on that side of the bracket. Also in play for the President's Trophy as well if they win their remaining two games. But you have Colorado there as well. And they play the Golden Knights tonight. They might have something to say about that. Same with the Minnesota Wild right there who have two games left against the Blues. They can't reach the number one spot. But they can't overtake Colorado for home ice in the first round. And Minnesota has been one of the best home teams this season. And you have St. Louis locked in at the four spot. So to me, it looks like Vegas and St. Louis, Colorado, and Minnesota, which would be some very great and entertaining matchups in the NHL. But I will be picking three NHL games tonight. First, the Oilers and the Canadians. As much as I want to pick the Montreal Canadiens to win and wrap the division up, I don't think they will do that. I believe Edmonton will get the win tonight and prolong this race any further if both Vancouver and Calgary win their games. Then the Stars and the Blackhawks. I wasn't planning on picking this game, but since they're my brother's team and they play the Stars tonight, I will pick this game in honor of him. I will pick Chicago winning this game. He's an avid Blackhawks fan. Watched the game last night. Chicago eked out a win. Debrinkit getting 31 goals on the season. Playing terrific as a goal scorer. I think Chicago uh, will get this one as well. And they'll look back at that trade deadline where they sold players. Uh, where they could have just stood pat. And they could have made the playoffs if they didn't have a horrific march. Where they only won. Or they only yeah, one. They only won not. They only won four out of thirteen games. They lost nine out of thirteen. So that was a very much turning point in their season when they were sitting at the four spot uh, for so long. So I'll pick the Blackhawks tonight. And final game: the Blues and the Kings. I'm rolling with the Kings because both teams really have nothing to play for. Uh, St. Louis still has three games left, but they're locked into the four no matter what. L.A. is done as well. They're eliminated. So in a game that means nothing to both teams, I believe the team that's already clinched the playoff spot uh, will not do as well tonight. And I have the Los Angeles Kings winning this game. Now shifting to baseball. In baseball news, Jacob deGrom is on the 10-day IL, I believe it is something uh, to do with uh, his side or core or something like that, uh, some tightness. So he's going to be on the 10-day IL, uh, pitching great this season, but of course he just doesn't get the help uh, when he pitches. But he's playing really well, but he'll be on the IL for now. The New York Yankees are back in the win column after winning another series against the Nationals. 
looked rough in the beginning, but they eked out one against Scherzer, even though he looked amazing. And then yesterday, Stanton continues his great play, and now they're back to second in the division in the American League uh, for now. They now play the Tampa Bay Rays for three games in Tampa Bay, which will be a very tough game stretch. And that will probably see who will be number two in the division at this point in the young season. Uh, but you'll have Jordan Montgomery pitching against Yarbrough tomorrow. Garrett Cole. So we'll see if the Yankees can keep this up. If or if uh, John Carlos Stanton can keep up his insane hitting. Uh, if he does... I think he can will this team uh, to a win and definitely help them more than his great seasons with the Miami Marlins when he did not have much around him. Then the Giants, San Francisco Giants, are also looking surprisingly really good in the NL West after taking two of three games against the San Diego Padres where the Padres could have overtaken the Giants. That was not the case Uh Buster Posey looked really good. They were close to shutting out the Padres. And the second game uh, between Guzman pitching, and they looked really good. And I thought yesterday they would finish them off, which was not the case. The San Diego Padres finally woke up against Cueto, Johnny Cueto, who's been amazing, fantastic pitcher uh, so far this year. But the Padres woke up against him, surprisingly. Uh, Tatis, Cronenworth. Uh, blasting home runs off of him. So hopefully this gets the Padres back on the right track as they now play uh, the Texas Rangers in their next game. But then you also have the Dodgers in the NL West as well. And they're sliding. They've lost five out of their last six games. Losing after great outings you know, from... A Trevor Bauer where he only gives up two runs. Uh, but other than that, anonymously yesterday, this team is giving up a lot of runs. Last week I mentioned how good they were offensively and defensively, and they have been. But surprisingly, they've been very bad uh, defensively in their uh, bullpen and pitching with many guys on the IL. It has been surprising to see the Dodgers uh on this level of a skid and slide, but hopefully they get that figured out. But then tonight, you have a big game in the Los Angeles Angels and the Houston Astros. Of course, I'll never pick the Houston Astros to win a game in my entire life, but I won't pick the Angels to win either. I'll just give you keys to the game, players to be excited for about, and one is Shohei Otani, who's been great pitching and hitting this year in the DH, tied for first with 10 home runs this season, 26 RBIs, a 276 average. He has been insane. Uh, surprisingly good. He's now lived up, at least for now, to the hype uh, coming out of Japan. He's looked really good. He's making the Yankees... Looked really stupid for not pursuing him more. If he can keep playing like this, Mike Trout in MVP form with good uh, rotational players and 
Walsh and Upton, uh, then I think this team uh, can maybe, just maybe make it uh, to the playoffs in which Mike Trout is not seeing a lot of playoff action. But we'll see. It should be an exciting game tonight on ESPN. A lot of great sports, a lot of news as well. Wednesday night is the schedule for the NFL, the NFL schedule review. Be talking about that, maybe some of the rumors, exciting matchups that we are looking forward to seeing before the schedule gets revealed. NBA should be clear as well. Same with the NHL. Playoffs are about underway for both sports. So it's exciting. Hope everybody has a great rest of their day. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye, everybody.